Welcome back to Black Woman Be Whole podcast. We are your hosts, Anisha, Marquia, and Kim, and we are Black women working on being whole. So I can't believe it. We are on episode four. And so I'm super excited today to talk about your origin story. Um, but before we get to that, I just want to kind of shout out my ladies and ask y'all, so what are y'all working on this week? I'm working on communicating better, right? Because I realized that I've been in the house for a couple of months. I'm a little irritated. I'm a little agitated more than normal. So I'm working on communicating better to the, with the people in my life. What, what, what are you working on, Kim? I'm working on being more patient. I realized that I have less patience as a result of you know, what's going on with the pandemic. I want to know what's going on now. I want it now. And sometimes I'm not thinking about what other people are doing and my expectations and managing that through patients are what I'm trying to work on now. What about you, Marquia? Um, I would say along the same vein of patients, but definitely balance, right? With so many things going on and having, um, you know, the pandemic kind of take away a lot of outside. I've been definitely consuming myself in work and, you know, my plate is getting kind of full. So I'm trying to balance it out and not get frustrated with myself as well as others as I work through this new version of uh, normal, not to be cliche. So Kim, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about origin story and what we mean by that and uh, what we're talking about today? Um, I think that an origin story is basically the the story that makes up who you are, like your past, your history, the things that um, are relevant for you that that tell your story, right? It's just as simple as that. Like the people, as we talk about with our methodology, the people, the labels, the life events, the things that have impacted us and that we use to tell our story. I mean, just in a nutshell, that simple. Okay. So when you tell the story of who you are, Kim, why don't you start it off? Who are the people that you generally include in that when you talk about you? Um, well, it's interesting because when I think about the people who have impacted me, it's just so many because I grew up in a big family. So there are a lot of people in my life, like my family, my friends, my family's friends, um, just to, you know, just give an example. Um, someone that was just really important to me was my godfather when I was younger. And he was the numbers man. And he ran the numbers in Harlem and all over the Bronx because that's what he did. But he really was so impactful in my life. And my mother met him at a bar that she worked at. And so he, you know, some they used to date. And then he became my godfather. So I'm not sure what happened there, but I'm really happy that he did. My, my godfather <laughs> flopped. So, you know, he's very relevant and he's like a family, you know, there's lots of family stories about him. So I think for me that that was one of the people that really um, impacted my life. And of course, my family, you know, my mother and her sisters, my aunts were really impactful for me. And I learned a lot about, you know, black womanhood, what to do, what not to do from them as well. So, Kim, I just got to interject for a second. There was a flap in my life. Flop. My, His name was Flop. Flop. I think it's the same guy because he was the number guy. But we'll have to talk about did that. He, wait, did, he, did he he drink old granddad and he drove around in a Cadillac? And I don't know. And he talked like this, shawty. The next time you see my mother, I need y'all to talk about it because there was somebody in my mom's life, the same name, and he was also the number man. So I'm going to need us to talk later about that. Yo, that. I just got to stop you for a second. Big tunes. What? 
Look at us discovering, you know, oh, I you love can't it. make this stuff up. You just can't. I don't even know why. Like, I was not going to mention him, but I really was thinking about this. And he was, he was so formative to my life. Like, when I was going through stuff with people, like, he always sided with me. Like, when I was going through shit with my mother, shorty, leave her alone. Because my mother's short 5'1", so he called her shorty. But it just was like a thing where he was really like, he gave me money when I needed it. He came to my graduation. He was the man whose arms I jumped in at my college graduation. Like he surprised me and he showed up. And his girlfriend, he brought his girlfriend, uh, his girlfriend told him to come to my college graduation. So, and it was weird because my real dad was in. I was like, I don't know that nigga. Because he was like not in my life. I was like, that's my dad. Oh, shit, flop. Like, I came off the stage, and he was standing right there, and I ran, and I jumped in his arms. This is wild. We must talk. It's so interesting how these people, you know, make their way into our story. And it just sounds like he was kind of that, maybe that male figure that you needed. And so that's why he is such a big part of your story now. Yeah, he is. He, He was. He definitely was. This is so weird. Why? You know what? I don't like doing stuff like this. This is bringing things up. I don't know. We may need to reevaluate what we're doing right now because what's going on here? Accessing well, past memories. We're trying to talk about being whole, right? So yeah. maybe some of this stuff needs to come up um, when we least expect it yeah. to come up. So we're going to give you a minute to sit with some of those memories. Got to process. Gonna, yeah, we're going we gonna to move it on to uh, Marquia and I'll go last. So when you tell your story, Marquia, who are the people that you include? <laughs> um, I would say my parents and my grandmas. Like, that's really the crux of me, especially my grandma that passed away in 2008. Like, that was my girl. Um, and... In the short amount of time that we were together, um, I guess we're getting there with the emotions and feels early today. Um, I lost my grandma when I was 20. Um, So in the 20 years I had her, it was just nice to have this person that saw me as a whole person, always believed in me and was always just like my cheerleader. Um, And even all these years later, she passed away in 08. um, You know, it's still like a very big hole and still trying to figure out like who I am as an adult, right? Like I don't have this person to lean on and, you know, be like, Hey Graham, like, what do you think? Or like, what do you feel about this? Am I doing this right? So definitely mom and dad and then grandma farmer and grandma Jenkins. Definitely. Shout out to grandmas. Yes. Grandmas are the best people on the face of the earth. Sorry, grandpas. Um, didn't have a close relationship with mine, but like, it's always dope to just have that person that, you know, is always on the sidelines. Like, I got you. Don't worry about it. You're not crazy. <laughs> and they give you $5. You're like, that's not right. going to do nothing, but I appreciate it. Out they bra. <laughs> right. Or like, she would always like, oh, my grandma like spoiled me bad. Like, I'm a picky eater. Um, as you both know, we've gone to dinner together. Um, so like, I don't like ham, right? And she would make ham on Sunday, but she was like, I know you don't eat ham. So I made you some fried chicken. Like it was always just like, I would have a separate meal within the meal. She's like, I know you don't eat this, but I made you this. So forever grateful to that. That's probably why I'm so picky when I go out because I'm just like used to being accommodated. So blame my grandma. <laughs> grandma, thanks for spoiling Marquia. We love it. <laughs> love it. 
I mean, it's so interesting because I think grandmas play such an intricate role in the Black community, right? Because they are such the matriarchs of our family. And for some of us, like we grow up with them. Like for me, my grandma lived with us. Like until I was in high school, we all lived together. My mom, my father, the kids, my grandma, everybody. And so um, she was everything to me. Like I lived with her until I was up until like high school. And I remember watching the stories with her. Like, you know, the day that you don't go to school for whatever reason, you had that little cough. And so they was like, all right, you can stay home. I watched stories with her. Um, the first time I ever tasted coffee was with her. I didn't love it, but I was like, all right, grandma, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out with you a little bit. Um, but what I loved about her is she was just kind of like a no nonsense kind of woman. Like, so I kind of think I get my grit from her and like my voice, like, it, she made it okay to have a voice even when I was younger. She allowed me to have a voice in a household. And when you're one of seven children, it's hard to have a voice. So she kind of allowed me to do that. And I appreciate it. Um, I also think my mom is kind of huge. Um, my mom is like super generous. Like whoever meets my mom is like, wow, your mom is so nice. She's super giving and nurturing. And I remember when I was little, like she would always give money to homeless people we will always have a rack of people on our couch because somebody might've needed somewhere to stay. And she was like, okay, you can stay with us for a couple of days. And I think I remember when I was little, my, I think my, I used to sleep on the couch. So I'm like, why you can't just be giving up my bed. Like this don't work. It's seven um, of us. What you doing? So I got to sleep on the floor. <laughs> but she was like, oh. you know, you're getting to get in bed with, with me and daddy. It's just for a couple of days. <laughs> Like that will always be the thing. Um, so I feel like I was so fortunate to kind of have that. I, I was, I learned how to be giving and, and very loving to people. And whenever I think about my story, I got to give a shout out to my siblings. Like when you got six siblings, it's a big deal. Like they taught me how to be a friend. They were my first friends, right? My brother, who's two years older than me, um, for my, for my, oh, I was about to give my age up. I think everybody knows. Okay. So for my 40th birthday. I told on my, us. Come on out. We caught. We caught. Come out. <laughs> out the bushes. They got us. <laughs> um, for my 40th birthday, my father has other children. So my oldest sister from my dad's side, she sent me a photo of me on my first birthday. I had never seen it. Like my cake and me and my brother were sitting together. And it made me like so emotional because I was like, damn, that was my first friend. We're only two years apart. And so I feel like because of them, I can't help but not to be selfish, y'all, because I had to learn how to share with so many other people so early. Um, I think they taught me how to have fun. And when I also think about it, you better be witty if you're going to be around seven people, six other people, right? Like, because if you don't know how to snap back, because somebody's going to snap on you. And I never forget, guys, when I was younger, they used to be like A's for Apple, J's for Jacks. My nickname is Woody. They was like, Woody don't got no hand in the back. Sorry <laughs> to say it, but it's a fact. She need to use more grease in the back. Like, it was bad. <laughs> have you been you victimized be by your siblings? <laughs> Lots of people have. But no, I think that, you know, when... That reminds me because I come from a really large family too. And we always talk about that. I mean, my siblings were my cousins. I mean, lots of people grew up with cousins and they like my cousin was a year younger than me. And so we were raised together like they dressed us alike. My cousin Toogie, we went to the same schools my whole educational career through high school. Like I would go in and then a year later she would come to the school. So 
we always were raised together. Like, and so there were sets of cousins raised together as like siblings because you had to have someone to grow up with. So I think that sharing thing was definitely um, relevant for my family too, in terms of values, because, you know, growing up in the projects in the Bronx, my aunt had that big ass pot with just rice and like llama beans or whatever. And people would come to the house and eat. And so, you know, you always want to go where all the fun is, where you, where you think the fun is. And that's what, that was my cousins across the, you know, the courtyard in Twin Parks. And so having a big family, you really do get to see a lot of different personalities. And I think that that's for me, like communication and understanding different personalities. Like I've experienced so many different people at a young age, right? So I haven't seen someone <laughs> new as an adult, because I'm like, oh, that's my cousin. Or like, that's my cousin's friend. Like, that mama is crazy. I know, I've seen that before because we don't grew up with crazy people or we grew up with, you know, someone who was about the money or somebody who grew up like, you know, full disclosure, drug dealing or something. Like, we've I've seen it all. So it's not like a new person that I'm meeting because I think people basically have the same kind of personalities, especially if you come from a particular upbringing. Like, it's not going to be anything different. So when you talk about that, like, what are the values or, or the things that they taught you? Like, what did they model for you that kind of stays with you today? Um, I think that being fierce, I mean, I, I have a very dominant, strong personality. And I think that that was modeled for me because they just let me be like, just do whatever you want. Like, I was like a latchkey kid, like, go out and do whatever. It was the 80s. You know, people, parents weren't like, watching you or hovering over you it was just kind of like go out and do whatever you need to do because there's nobody it were there weren't a lot of adults present you know I think so the kids <laughs> was running amok like we were just doing our thing somebody fed us and told us when to go to bed and that was pretty much it and it was like go on and, and figure it out and so I think I, my sense of independence has been really um developed in that um upbringing um my love of travel came from my mother, actually. Like when I was young, we went somewhere, we went down south every summer. We did a cross country trip once. We went to Canada. Um, it's the, also the reason why I don't like driving because 14 hour drives to South Carolina, like that was terrible. We had the fried chicken and I had my books. You know, you put the chicken in the little aluminum foil with the paper towel. So Kim, not only do you not like to be in the car while driving, you don't like to drive, okay? So Marquia, <laughs> I gotta tell you that we've been friends almost 20 years and Kim refuses to learn how to drive. And so it's three of us that hang out most of the time and I'm always a designated driver and I'm over that shit. And I told her this last year and there was no compassion because she was like, yeah, I'm not gonna learn. <laughs> And I was like, both still riding together, right? Like, maybe you, like, I felt like maybe you shouldn't be in a car no more, dude. For real. Like, if you refuse to learn how to drive. <laughs> but hold on. Our other friend has the license and you don't make her drive. She don't know how to drive. <laughs> how you got a license and don't know how to drive? Everyone I'm trying to you the license, girl. I'm, thank you, Marquia. Please have second that motion. Jersey? No shade to the state of New Jersey, but have you driven through New Jersey before, girl? <laughs> If you ever wanted to know what it was like to live in a PS5 game, it's, it's New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. Need for speed in real life, girl. Mm -mm. Yes. Yeah, so maybe that is where it comes from. Like I, I was always in the, you know, the backseat of the van or the passenger seat. So I, yeah, I mean, and I think also like I, my love of music comes from my cousin, Tracy. She was very, you know, she watched me all the time. Like she was like a, a secondary mother and 
you know, she just had this very eclectic sense of music. And so I think I got that from her. And so this is interesting when I'm starting to think about things now and who, I, who it came from or the, mm-hmm. or the people, all of them, you know? So I also have a weird thing where I, I have a very good rapport with older people because growing up, my mother, my aunt worked at a bar. You know, my mother had a second job at a bar. My aunt worked at a bar and it was an illegal bar. So it would move around. So like a pop-up shop. Yeah, it was. It was weird, but it moved around in like this, like one, two blocks or three blocks in Harlem. It was called Stokes. And when my cousins couldn't babysit me because they were off doing something, I would have to go and sit in this bar. So I grew up there. Anisha, we had my graduation party there. Do you remember going to the I bar? Do remember. Yes, I do. Too. by we the were time 20, we were 21 we we're 20 i'm sorry we were right 21. I, yeah but it just was like that's my that was my family like i would go there they would give me money you know my mother would like get you dressed up gonna give you some money the old people want to see you okay i'm coming to get my money you know so they sent me a bunch of money off to college but i love hanging around old people because that's you know how i grew up they would sit me in the corner and I would just be there like overnight because there was nobody to watch me. So they would come in, you know, talk to me. But I saw some things now, like some old people mature. getting drunk got freaky. <laughs> I was like, what am I looking at? I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know who to talk to. So I got some things in my head that I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know? didn't traumatize you. Can't. Yeah. <laughs> you look so, too mature for your exactly, age. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I, I feel like I have a rapport with older people because of that, because I just knew so many of them like, and then my mother, the sad part is like, as I got older, my mother would be like, remember Mr. Jackie? And I'm like, yeah, she'd be like, he died. I'm like, no, not Mr. Jackie who would do magic tricks and give me money. Damn, Mr. Jackie. So it was a lot of that, you know. You and know so- when they ask you, do you remember? Because they about to tell you they died. It's That's like a it. thing. I don't know why. I don't know. Do you have that experience, Marquis or Anisha? Like, just like, I do. <laughs> like, you remember so-and-so? Yeah. Only time. you like, wait, what? what? <laughs> Why are we bringing up memories then? <laughs> we could have led with, you know, Mr. So-and-so passed away. We could just start it there. Why am I getting happy, have these happy moments? And now I'm sad. You build me up to break me down. That's not right. That's wild. <laughs> they do that. Why are you doing that? You got to prep me. Yeah, I remember him. Thank you for right, asking this wonderful memory. They gone. Oh my God. What do you mean they gone? Let's so, just start telling a story about that one time. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, they died. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, what? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Black people, stop doing that. Be better. <laughs> so Marquia, who were, I mean, what values uh, were taught to you or were modeled for you? Um... My dad definitely taught me a lot about <laughs> one of his favorite things was if all else fails, follow instructions, right? So okay. come to doing that's homework, different. It, huh? <laughs> it's different when you trying to get help. And he's like, if you just read the paper, you wouldn't have these questions. Um, Marquia had five <laughs> apples. You're like, no. wait, what? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> If Johnny had six damn apples. <laughs> Some lazy parenting. Read the directions. Don't ask me nothing. So he would try, but then he's like, okay, but if we read the instructions, like, what are we going to get from that? So I do hold on to that a lot. Um, and I do struggle with people that do not read instructions for that reason. Um, <laughs> I have a very strong will to be resourceful, as you both know. Mm-hmm. Um, that also came from my dad being like, we have a computer right there. We have a dictionary right there. Look it up. So I've learned <laughs> to be very uh, 
resourceful and able to find things on my own <laughs> thanks to my dad um but he also was very big on like making sure that his daughters were not dependent upon anybody for anything like he was definitely like don't be dependent on no man like you see that I don't have your mama waiting on me hand and foot so I'll be damned if you about to be waiting on some nigga um hand and foot <laughs> shout out to pops <laughs> Like not raising this, you to be a pick me. Okay. Listen, there was this one situation. <laughs> we were at a party. I think somebody's graduation party in the park. And this boy asked me to put ketchup on his hamburger. So again, y'all know I'm picky, right? I don't eat ketchup. So my dad saw me get this hamburger <laughs> and put ketchup on it. And he came over and was like, who is that for? You know what for you. <laughs> And he was like, I was like, oh, it's for Leonard. And he went over and he was like, excuse me, excuse me. You can put your own ketchup on your hamburger. My daughter is not here for that. <laughs> yes, daddy. Come through, dad. Come so, through. Yeah, the boy Leonard, like daddy definitely was like, nope. He's like, I knew it wasn't for you because you don't eat ketchup. I was like, wait, okay. Why you see it from across the park? But all right. Um, so that is daddy. Mommy, very compassionate, very kind. Um, that's where I get my my kind ways from. So people that know me well will tell you that I'm very big on showing up for the people I care about. I try to do my best to be as present as possible, check in, you know, make sure people are good. Um, and again, back to the grams. My grandma, my mom's side, definitely very kind. Um, actually, it's her birthday today. Um, so we wow. spoke this Happy morning. birthday, grandma. Uh, she turned that's 82. Right. So, you know, it's interesting because generationally it's different. Like I was like, grandma, I'm tired. And she was like, but the Lord has you. And I was like, but girl, I'm still tired. <laughs> grandma, I'm tired. Are you listening, grandma? Are you listening? <laughs> She's like, go pray about it, baby. <laughs> like, she's okay. very much, she is very much um, a pray about it. And I appreciate it. Like, cause it definitely does force you to think about like gratitude and stuff in that way. But in the moment, sometimes you just don't want to hear that. But that's that real black girl shit. Like that's <laughs> that like, grandma told me to pray about it. And you're like, mm, I'm need something a little bit more grandma but thanks right thank you so much love you uh, <laughs> that is that real black girl shit <laughs> and then my other grandma um that passed away definitely my love of cooking um that is that was her jam you know holidays she was making all the food um and also just I don't know like that was that was my homie so it's just a lot of things um I guess like she's a she's a big push on like making sure I do something good and leave a mark on this world just because I want to make sure that she's proud even though she can't like physically tell me but like I really really want to like make her proud because I know that she invested a lot in me so wow yeah that was my buddy that was that's my buddy. beautiful you know I think we all need those um, people in our lives and sometimes that might not be our parents and that's okay because you know, sometimes parents and children don't have the best relationships because of expectations. And I think um, they're too close, right? And so it's hard to be considered adults, an adult sometimes with a parent. Like they still see you as that little kid or when you've done that thing that, you know, sort of painted you in a negative light or that wasn't expected of, they expected you to do. And so it's hard to get out from under that. And having different family members, you know, provide that for you is super important because it, it helps to kind of balance out and give you a different perspective on who you are, who you can be and other kind of values you can, you know, bring to yourself. 
it's interesting because they um they play such a big role because they're so close to you generally right like because when I think about like my older sister I think we're like we're some years apart <laughs> more than five <laughs> we some years <laughs> apart so but I remember learning well not remember but I learned like freedom and independence from her like seeing her go out into the world and, and kind of like be successful and do all the things that she wanted to do and travel and stuff like that I kind of learned that independence um I was just thinking about my grandma. She was super direct. Like my grandma was that grandma that like she had her little house coat that she would wear around the house, but she also drank like VO, which is like Seagram VO, which is like a brown liquor. So like she was very direct. <laughs> she was very authentic. <laughs> and so I learned how to be very authentic <laughs> and direct <laughs> from her. Um, and I was just thinking about my siblings. Um, I learned how to be petty, y'all. Like there's a petty part of me in there. Yes. When you like when you yes. got <laughs> when you got all these people in your life that they just be they'll come for you. They'll come for you. And it's so funny, Marquia, because before this, I was telling Kim that my sister what well, she's having a milestone birthday. I'm gonna leave it at that because she might get mad if I say anything more. <laughs> and she said, Anisha, you should, y'all should roast her. Y'all should do a family roast. <laughs> so this is the type of family I come from. So they be saying some outright mean stuff sometimes. So I have learned how to be petty. Like I'm very connected to them. They are amazing, but they really taught me how to be petty. Um, I didn't mention my dad earlier. And I'm such a daddy's girl, y'all. Like it's bad. Like I'm a daddy's girl all day. But what I learned from him was that I learned how to be compassionate. Because what I can say is my whole life, my dad seemed to like not always have it together. <laughs> like he was always trying to get right, like always. <laughs> and so I learned how to have so much compassion for him and not be angry at him for not having it together, but being compassionate because he was always trying. He was also always very loving, but he just couldn't get his shit together to save his life. And so... <laughs> It's really okay, do. buddy boy. It's I learned still to love be him. compassionate now, right? Still I love, love him. him. And you know, he still don't got that together yet. Still, you know. <laughs> and and I think as a men in generally don't have it together. And I and not all men, please don't come on here with that, but I feel like that's a thing because <laughs> men don't have a lot the responsibility that women have for the most part. And I think it has to do with duty and responsibilities sometimes. But I think that that's also a good point that you brought up, Anisha, about like, you know, the the compassion, right? It's like, as you get older, you start to realize that like your parents are just people. So like, as we're talking about origin stories, right? They're still living out and writing their story and they're trying to include us in it and do the best that they can. So they're still people. So their mistakes or missteps or, you know, interesting choices, however you want to frame it, um, play a part in how we write our stories, right? So it's just really interesting and you know the older you get you just have to understand that you have to be compassionate and understand that this is a whole person and as I go through life at 33 now and just being like wow like at 33 my mom had three kids I don't know how I would do that like she like it was her and my dad they had three children and like I'm just like children are loud (laughs) like I like sleep and I don't know how I could do it with one let alone three so it gives you a different perspective when you look at it, you know, now. It definitely does. When I look at my mom, I'm like, I always, but I've asked, like, why, why'd you have all these kids? Like, <laughs> what, what was y'all thinking about? And she would be like, oh, oh, your grandma, like, she helped us. And Kim, I have to rival your, like, you know, being in the bar. 
my mother's water broke when she was in a bar. <laughs> I was almost born <laughs> in the bar. <laughs> she made it to the hospital. But I was like, Mom, what was you doing? She was like, it was the 70s. We were hanging out. <laughs> like, I wasn't drinking. We was just hanging out. That's what you did back then. That was the I'm spot. Like, oh, okay, Mom. So your water broke at the bar. <laughs> Listen, Terry might have been at Stokes. I don't know. We need We need to investigate this because I really... That place was very formative for me. Everything. Thanksgiving. They would play poker in the back. They would have high stakes card games, like all sorts of stuff. Like, this is wild. What's going on here? I love being there because it was like, I just get to observe and see shit. Like, oh, okay. Mr. F Mr. Freddy with the Jerry curl wilding out over there. He done drank too much brown liquor. Now he talking shit. You know, I, I learned how to curse from old people listening to them get all riled up. That's why I learned how to so curse. Do you guys think that these people still impact you in some ways today? Like, what ways can you guys see that? Like, oh, I got this from this one. And I'm still holding on to this piece of me. Like, I, it's still in me. Every day. <laughs> there are things that I say and do. And I'm like, oh, my God, I am Mark. Or, oh, my God, I'm Jackie. Like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> And I'll call my dad and be like, Daddy, you know, I was saying this to one of my students. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I sound just like you. <laughs> Like, literally, I will tell people, like, did you read the instructions? And I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> Daddy just jumped out. <laughs> you just passing that on. That's, see, that's how generational things happen. <laughs> right there. But everyone will be well-equipped to understand what's going on if they take the time to read first and then ask questions afterwards. <laughs> um, You know, one thing I didn't talk about was um, my relationship with my mother. And, you know, I think um, I'm... And just to be okay with it, I mean, my mother and I have not had the best relationship. And I think, you know, I'm I'm the girl. She's got two boys, bookended. Oldest is a boy, youngest is a boy. So, you know, just that whole how black girls are, you know, women. What what do they say? Um, mothers raise their daughters and love their sons. So mm -hmm. I was definitely raised. Um, and so I think. Um, that does not negate that sometimes I show up for Beverly in ways that cannot be good. Like um, I was telling Anisha the other night that um, when I was partnered, um, I got like really angry and I just got verbally abusive with him. And he was like, you're just like your mother. And when I tell you that sent me into blackout rage, like I was wilding <laughs> out, like, okay, Kim, maybe you should listen to that because that sent you into like a state this was early on in like my 20s you know like done a lot of work since then but you know you I think for me sometimes um the mother-daughter relationship hasn't been the best and you try so hard sometimes to get away from that thing that you think you don't want to be without realizing that it's still there because then we talk about the conditioning that the people like if it's like marketing right like you keep experiencing it and then you just unconsciously sort of internalize it so that's how some of those things um, get passed on to you because you've grown up with it so long it just gets imprinted on your brain and in your mind that this is this is the way I'm supposed to behave because this is what I see I mean I've known you since you were like really really seriously trying to figure out who you are right like I mean we met in high school but we came real friends in college and I, I think those college years are when you're really trying to figure out like you really have no idea and I've seen your growth through the years and 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 I appreciate it and I I, I know the work that you've had to do 
and I, I appreciate it. And I'm someone who I've been in therapy for years, right? Like, so I've always been trying to work on me and I still am. Um, so I think that when I think about what part of me or what part of them is still in me, um, my parents never made good decisions around money. Like they were like not big savers. And so for a long time, I knew how to spend money. <laughs> I was not the biggest saver. And so I, I had, it took me some time to learn how to be different. And um, it really is hard. Cause I think that one of the values I kind of learned from them in some ways is that like, you can spend it cause you'll make it again. <laughs> like, oh, it's just money. <laughs> like you'll get it again. And then one day I was like, oh yeah. But then I was like, but wait, what if I don't? <laughs> like maybe you gotta start thinking about things a little differently. And so I, I realized how like that value stuck with me until I realized that it no longer served me and I had to let it go. And I had to be different for Anisha. And I could no longer be like, that was what they taught me, but I had to sit that down and I had to figure out what was then best for me. So I think that that's interesting how that happens, that those values that were instilled in us, one day we realize that they no longer serve us. And that's when we kind of start to make that switch. And I think that that's kind of when real adulthood and adulting starts is when you kind of let go of the values that were instilled in you if they don't work for you and then figure out what actually works for you. So I think that that has kind of been an important piece for me as I've become an adult is figuring out like what has been instilled in me and modeled for me but doesn't work for me anymore. And how do I let go of that? And I know that that took a lot of work and therapy for me to be able to do that because my mom says yes to everything. And I didn't know nothing about boundaries. And so I had to learn how to say no um, around my time and my energy. And it was, it was a good thing, but it did take a lot of time to say no to actually my family, you know, cause those people you always want to say yes to for whatever reason, cause you conditioned to say yes to them. I've learned how to say no, they didn't like it. I just used to blame it on my therapist. I was like, but my therapist told me I can't. So like, what you want me to do? It ain't me. <laughs> now I can sit in my, you know, I can sit in my shit and be like, no, I said no. Like it's me. It ain't the therapist no more. It's Anisha. So I think that that's pretty, that's a pretty cool change for me. Some of the things that we've gone through in our families, you know, sometimes we don't always want to talk about it. And sometimes it's not something that you're ready to address because that's why people have a lot of unresolved trauma, you know, things that just happened in your family or things that were done or things that were said. And getting to that place, I think for you, Anisha, has been a really good thing because, you know, you still have to live with these people. And you have to learn how to manage them and they change as they get older based on, you know, certain things they've experienced and you change and, you know, how do you change together to be a healthier community or family? And, and that's hard sometimes for people who don't want to change because you go to therapy and other people don't and you, you still have to deal with their problems that they may be okay putting on, putting on to you. And that's why most people go to therapy to deal with the people in their life that don't go to therapy. <laughs> That's it. It's okay. <laughs> I realized it. My clients, I'm helping them realize it too. Like they're not going to change. You have to change. And then you have to figure out how to have a different relationship with them now. Um, so for you guys, are there any tools that you would give the audience that you've seen, like as far as your origin story and how to kind of deal with the values and the things that were modeled for you and how do you handle it today? Um, for me, I would say, 
I try to sit and look at it through the lens of one, like, you know, understanding, okay, this was done or this happened because people were still learning things, right? Like my parents were young when they had us. I was the firstborn. I'm a test child, right? So <laughs> you, you get to be the crash test dummy when you're the first one. So they were doing everything that they could to ensure that I would be successful. They were doing everything that they could to make sure that, you know, I was safe and healthy and happy. Now, did it always translate as that? I mean, we probably have two different versions of that, right? Like the parents' view is like, yes, like this is what happened. My view may not necessarily be that. Um, But when I see those things come up or like I see them playing out in different areas of my life, it's like, okay, you have to, you know, now you're aware of what it was. You got to look at it and you got to see where you can apply it. And if it's like, okay, this is no longer useful for me to either hold on to this space of feeling resentment or what have you, then you try to let go of it. Um, But I do try to at least apply it and use it in everyday life. Like even the other day, um, I was talking with one of my parents and her student had nine teeth pulled. Um, Yeah. Um, I also, I had eight teeth pulled when I was um, in middle school. So one I felt for the student, cause I was like, oh, she's going to be tight. Cause she ain't gonna have no teeth in her mouth when she wake up. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> Two, <laughs> as a parent, I remember my dad saying, cause I remember my dad, like I, I used to, you know, he's my dad. So I'm like, oh, like, you know, he doesn't have feelings and emotions. He's a dad. Like, that's just what they are. But I remember him telling me like, you know, he always felt so terrible taking me to the dentist. My mom would not take us to the dentist. Cause she was like, I can't do it. So my dad was like, I always felt so guilty. So when I was talking to that parent, I asked her, I said, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. She was like, what do you mean? And I was just like, my dad told me like when he took us to the dentist, he always feels so guilty. I was like, are you okay? And she was like, oh my God, thank you so much for asking. I feel like such a terrible parent and I feel so bad because she looks so helpless and I can't do anything. And I was like, she, she's like, I think she's mad at me. I was like, she's not mad at you. I was like, first of all, she doesn't want to have a jacked up, you know, mouth. Like, don't know why I want to be the ugly little girl with bad teeth. So that's one. Two, like you're doing what you can and you did your best. So like, be okay with that. And she will appreciate you. And she was just like, I'm so happy that you said that. Like, thank you. And I was like, oh, look at me using life experience to help someone else. <laughs> but that little girl gonna be tight because she ain't gonna have no teeth for a long time in her mouth. She's gonna be like, y'all couldn't save them. Like I had to pull them. Y'all couldn't save it. No, like for real. nine at one time. And I felt that because I had eight. I had my four front teeth and I think I had my four bottom teeth. So that's hard for the streets when you don't have teeth. <laughs> Listen. I got glasses and braces all at the same time when I was eight years old because oh, no. I had a cyst in my mouth and I had to get my teeth pulled. So it was a whole new ball game for me. Like, wow. And that was with the time when the movie Nerds was out. So, you know, it yeah, wasn't braces good. at 23. I was in the club with braces, Kim. <laughs> you ain't saying nothing, okay? <laughs> I was trying to pick up with braces. <laughs> You like, holla, 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 holla. <laughs> I used to have the rubber bands on the side, and when I would go out to the club, I would take them out because I was like, that's just too much. I yeah. can't be talking to people with the rubber bands on the side. Definitely not. And rubber bands will definitely pop you in the mouth <laughs> if you get too excited. I had braces <laughs> my junior year. I, I got out easy. I had braces from junior summer to the beginning of um, senior year. So it was a real quick in and out. So I was real cute for my senior pictures. But yes, the rubber bands girl will definitely pop you in the face. Let's let's go back to decision making. I'm like, mom, why did I have to pay for my own braces? Y'all didn't know I needed them. Y'all saw my teeth. How did y'all not know that this would have been beneficial for me? Huh? Y'all was doing everything else around here, but nobody was working on my smile. Nah, you was good. You had that. <laughs> Pay my own little money, my first job out of college, <laughs> paying for braces. 
But look at your teeth now, girl. Go ahead and smile. They can't even see you smiling. That's Wait, a shame. I've had braces and Invisalign. I'm addicted to teeth. Like, I am, like, obsessed with my teeth. <laughs> Same. Also, as well, I'm into the white strips. People are like, your teeth are so white. Yes, girl, because who wants dingy teeth? You remember that Crest <laughs> commercial when that girl was like, the lady was like, what color are my teeth? And they were like, a crew, mother of pearl. You're not about to catch me slipping. No, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> we have bought into that, though, because your teeth are not supposed to be this white. Like, natural enamel is not, like, blinding white. <laughs> That's marketing. Let's be very clear. We are all victims of it because... I do it too. So, well, yeah, we got good teeth around here. Black woman, be home. That's right. Floss. Make us. sure your floss. I need people to floss. That's the problem. You can't just brush and apply strips. You got to floss. Right. That whole deep cleaning recently. Listen, that's my teeth hurt. Do your thing. Oh, we're not even going to talk about your dental issues. I was so nervous. Like, Kim, do not be the third one. Everything happens in threes. First it was Anisha, then it was Marquia. I was like, Oof. I'm next. I can't. <laughs> and I was a whole woman down, y'all. Yes. to the devil. Let me just say that right now. That's <laughs> it. But yeah, let's get back to tools. Anisha, what are some tools you could give the audience? <sighs> okay, so... I guess my first thought is just kind of accept like whatever emotions or feelings that you have about that person that you're in the relationship with, right? Like, so if it's a mother, father, siblings, whatever relationship and whatever it brings up for you. So if it's sadness, anxiety, anger, stress, whatever it is, I think you have to name it and you have to be okay with it. And then I just want you to figure out what relationship you want to have with that person right? Figure out how do you set and maintain boundaries with that person and be compassionate. We've talked about compassion, right? Because they did the best that they could, right? When they imparted these things on you, maybe they didn't know that they could have been better. So have some compassion for them. And then also have some compassion for you if you downright kind of mad at them now and feeling like they could have did better. But like name the emotion, sit with the emotion, and now figure out like what kind of relationship can I have with you? what 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 am I comfortable with now and if it's a close relationship it may not be as close anymore because may, that may not be what you want anymore and I think that just allowing yourself to make whatever decision is feels best for you is really important because when it comes to family sometimes you feel like you don't have an option and I think that people should know that they always have an option so just pay attention to what the feeling is sit with it deal with it and figure out what kind of relationship you can have with that person I think for me, that's really important. I'm going to make a suggestion that people go to therapy because, well, you know, <laughs> I know, but, that, but thank you, but I know you're the therapist, but I needed something. I'm like, damn, they took my stuff. So let me say something. Golly, this is why people who go to therapy. I don't go to therapy and I don't have all of the tools, but I think going to therapy would be a great way for people to process this stuff because, um, we don't know how to deal with it. And we don't know how to um, deal with maybe some fear that we have around hurting people or, you know, ruining the family or being that person that people don't like. And so I think definitely talking to someone who can give you those tools would just be very helpful for you to um, go out and explore because I, you know, people who don't go to therapy, they certainly don't have it. So, you know, I would say go, go, go see a professional who can help you with that because we don't have anything in our toolkit. No one's taught us, taught us that. 
Definitely with second therapy, I'm a person that is in therapy and it is really helpful, if nothing else, just to have that space to have someone to listen to your side and not try to tell you, well, that's not what they really meant or that's not what I would, you know how family gets, y'all. Um, it's great to just have that person to listen to you and be like, okay, so like, what do you want to do about that? Like, how are you, how do you want to move forward? How can I help you to get to a space where you can move forward? So Kim, you are absolutely right on that. And I'm looking for a therapist. It's hard to find one now. They're busy yeah. and booked right now. They you are my office. And busy. I can send you my office. <laughs> can well, let me you. tell you something. I, I have to shout out to the black therapists. We are booked, busy, and blessed right now, honey. <laughs> 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 but um, you know, we only make up like eight to ten percent, you know, of all therapists. So, you know, it's still very a very small number when you are looking for a black therapist. But Kim, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely help you find somebody. Um, I, you know, I know all the places to look. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll definitely Everybody's help busy it. though. This is, I've been reaching out and it's like, okay, you know what? I'm good. Sometimes <laughs> that gets a little annoying. It's just like, okay, I'll pick it up when I can. Cause now I'm annoyed. Like again, the patience thing. I want this now. What do you mean I have to wait? Okay, Veruca Salt. <laughs> okay, instant gratification. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm working on my patience, okay? So is this the end, guys? Are we about to, to, to yeah, I think I think we've said enough today. How y'all feeling about ending here? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling okay. We done told some stuff about ourselves. Hopefully right. people see it. If they don't, that's okay. We told we did some truth telling today, and that's all right. So so take us out, Markia. So if you are interested in hearing more from us or getting to know us a little bit better, you can follow us on Facebook at Black Woman Be Whole, or you can follow us on Instagram if you want to slide in our DMs and say, hey, that's also at Black Woman Be Whole, um, where we do our daily posts. We have different topics. So you can definitely, you know, come and see what you're looking for and, you know, hang out with us. I love it. Thank you, Markia, our brand manager. We want everyone to know how much we love her. She is dope. Thanks, guys. Thank you. So we will see you guys next time. All right. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Black Woman Be Whole podcast. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to the Black Woman Be Whole podcast. If you want to keep up with all things Black Woman Be Whole, you can follow us on Instagram at Black Woman Be Whole. You can find us on Facebook at Black Woman Be Whole. And check out our website where you can find out more about what we're doing. If we're having workshops, you can check out our cool merch and just keep up with what's going on. We hope to see you there soon.